Hi, I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. And this is Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. Let's see how it goes. You know, I was trying something new. On this week's podcast from us, we will be doing Mamma Mia. <laughs> the part of Ken in this evening's podcast will be played by... Heather. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, now I'm having an identity crisis. This is going to be weird. I don't know how I feel about this. It's okay. We should just start this whole thing over. Just breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome back. Welcome back to Campfire Classics. This is now episode five. We're five in. Wow. And technically, that's this crazy. one, I mean, this one's five, but it's the continuation of four because you picked a story that was much <laughs> longer than you thought because of the way it was numbered. Yeah. So if you've become a regular listener, then you Yippee! know. First of all, thank you. Um, second of all, uh, you know that we left off the end of last episode in the middle of a story. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, or if it's been a little while since you listened, um, enjoy this quick recap of what we talked about last time. I'm so afraid. <laughs> this is Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's A Scandal in Bohemia. To Sherlock Holmes, she was always the woman. Oh, it's the woman! <laughs> It was not that he felt any emotion akin to love for Irene Adler. He was, I take it, the most perfect reasoning and observing machine that the world has seen. How do I know that you have been getting yourself very wet lately? <laughs> Whoa! And that you have a most clumsy and careless servant girl. All right, dude. Oh, my God. I learned a lot about Watson this this What is going on? It only remains, therefore, to discover what is wanted by this German who writes upon bohemian paper. A man entered who could hardly be seen less than six feet, six inches in height. That's tall. Uh, With the chest and limbs of Hercules. His dress was rich with a richness which would, in England, be looked upon as akin to bad taste. (laughs) (laughs) You had my note, he asked with a deep, harsh voice and a strong... Oh, German accent! Why is this even <laughs> happening to me? You has my note? <laughs> yes, I'm Oh, so- it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, dressed as a 70s dressed. pimp. Then I must begin, he said, by binding you both to absolute c- secrecy for two years. If your majesty would condescend to state your case, he remarked, I should be better able to advise you. You are right, he said. I am the king. The facts are briefly these. Some five years ago, I made the acquaintance of the well-known adventuress Irene Adler. Your Majesty, as I understand, became entangled with this young person. Precisely so. My photograph. We were both in the photograph. Oh dear, that is very bad. (laughs) It must be recovered. We have three days yet, said Holmes with a yawn. (laughs) And Mademoiselle's address, he asked. 
is Briny Lodge, Serpentine Avenue. Good night, Watson, he added. If you would be good enough to call tomorrow afternoon at three o'clock, I should like to chat this little matter over with you. Oh, yeah, that was some good stuff. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, here we are, poised for part two. Uh, Do you need anything else? Um, no, I think we just, uh, get right to her. Get to her. You want to get to her? Let's get to her. All right, this is part two of A Scandal in Bohemia. Is that accent going to help you get to her? No, shut up. (laughs) We already know I'm having troubles and there's another German in this one, so... Freaking A. All right, allons-y. Allons-y. A Scandal in Bohemia by Mr. Doyle. Sir Doyle. Is he a sir? Yes. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. He did not get knighted just for you to forget it. He is dead. We've talked about this. (laughs) He's fantastic, and I appreciate all the work he did. The dead deserve your respect. I am respecting him by reading this wonderful story. All right, let's start the fire. (laughs) Go. Chapter 2. At three o'clock precisely, I was at Baker Street, but Holmes had not yet returned. The landlady informed... Yes, I definitely... Slide into your I started reading. I'm like... I was like, wait, I'm British today. <laughs> but look, that was that was like a gradual... That it was, was like it a... Was, it was slick. It, I was I was going to let it slide, and then I you just started saw your, smiling. I saw your eyebrows raise <laughs> like, ooh, that was, that was nice. <laughs> All right. All right, let's try it again. (laughs) At three o'clock precisely, I was at Baker Street, but Holmes had not yet returned. The landlady informed me that he had left the house shortly after eight o'clock in the morning. I sat down beside the fire, however, with the intention of awaiting him, however long he might be. I was already deeply interested in his inquiry, for though I was surrounded by none of the grim and strange features which were associated with the two crimes which I had already recorded, still, the nature of the case and the exalted station of his client gave it a character of its own. Indeed, apart from the nature of the investigation which my friend had on hand, there was something in his masterly grasp of a situation and his keen, incisive reasoning which made it a pleasure for me to study his system of work and to follow the quick, subtle methods of which his disintangible and most eccentricable mysteries in... 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 I hate... I'm not gonna lie. One of my most annoying things when I'm reading, and I like, I'm sure people at home, is when a big word gets split because it's the end of the line. <laughs> so you can't even like, like naturally sound it out because now half of it's on one line, and, and then the other half the is next. on another line, like on, on the other side of the freaking page. So you have to play eyeball gymnastics. Inextricable. Plus, it doesn't help that this entire paragraph is basically the world's longest way of saying Holmes asked me to come, so I did because it sounded interesting. Yeah, because <laughs> I think he's cool. <laughs> it is the most descriptive. Like, if someone ever thinks I'm cool. I want you to write an awesome paragraph like this about me. <laughs> like, <laughs> with the biggest words and so fancy. And, like, I just came over to Heather's because she was cool. But I want you to use the words inextricable mysteries. <laughs> so here's a writing challenge for those of you <laughs> chilling out at home with nothing to do. Like um, most of us. Like most of us right now. Or 
maybe you have lots to do, but you know, you're willing to take half an hour to take on a new writing challenge. Um, spend at least one paragraph using as many unnecessarily large words as possible. <laughs> Get your thesaurus. Th- you want to try that again? Thesaurus. I got so excited that my <laughs> tongue like skipped. It was like. <laughs> so spend at least one full complicated paragraph uh, describing an incredibly simple thought or sentence. Yeah. Um, it's like those things on Facebook where it's like, describe your movie, but make it sound, bo- your favorite movie and make it sound boring. Right. But except this is, tell me opposite. you went, tell me you went grocery shopping, but make it sound fascinating and academic. <laughs> Done. I'm so excited to read these. Put them on our Facebook page or on the website. Or, or email, email them. them to 5050artsproduction at gmail.com. I love it. <laughs> I can't wait. Inextricable mysteries. So accustomed was I to his invariable success that the very possibility of his failing had ceased to enter my head. <laughs> it was close upon four before the door opened. Wow, he'd been there a long time. And a drunken-looking groom, ill-kempt and side-whiskered, with an inflamed face and disreputable clothes, walked into the room. Accustomed as I was to my friend's amazing powers in the use of his disguises, I had to look three times before I was certain it was indeed he. With a nod, he vanished into the bedroom, whence he emerged in five minutes, tweed-suited and respectable as of old. Putting his hands in his pocket, he stretched out his legs in front of the fire and laughed heartily for some minutes. Well, really, he cried, and then he choked and laughed again until he was obliged to lie back limp and helpless in the chair. Wow, he just had a really good drunken groom and he's like falling over. He shows up an hour late in the costume of a drunken groom, goes into his bedroom, changes back into his regular clothes, sits down and proceeds to just laugh for no reason. To the point of like falling over in his chair. (laughs) Wow, I can't wait. What is it? Oh, it's quite too funny. I'm sure you would never guess how I employed my morning or what I ended by doing. I can't imagine. Suppose can't, can't. (laughs) I can't imagine. I suppose that you have been watching the habits and perhaps the house of Miss Irene Adler? Quite so. But the sequel was rather unusual. I will tell you, however, I left the house a little after eight o'clock this morning in the character of a groom out of work. Groom? Oh, like a horse groom. Like a horse groom. I immediately oh, went, went to the wedding groom place. of a wedding. No, 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 horse groom. Like a drunken groom is something that we've all seen if we've been to a <laughs> wedding. So I just went there. Nope, there's one of those like means something different at the time. Well, and a drunken horse groom is something that we've all seen if we've been to Central Park and <laughs> looked at those carriage drive. drivers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you live your life. Uh, I'm not saying all the Central Park carriage drivers are drunk. I'm just saying that there are certainly a couple of them. I left the house a little after eight in the morning in the character of a groom out of work. There is a wonderful sympathy and Freemasonry among horsey men. (laughs) Horsey men? Horsey men. Horsey men. But be one of them, and you will know all that there is to know. I soon found Bryony Lodge. It is a bijou villa with a garden at the back, built 
but built out of the but built out in the front right up to the road two stories chub lock to the door large sitting room on the right side well furnished with long windows almost to the floor and those preposterous page turn english window fasteners with a child that in which a child could open behind there was nothing remarkable save the passage window could be reached from the top of the coach house I walked round it and examined it closely from every point of view, but nothing noting any nothing but not <laughs> but without noting anything else of interest. Then I lounged, lounged, lounged down the street. He lounged, lounged down the street. He lounged down the street. <laughs> sure. And found... He grabbed his lounge chair and carried he, it down the he street. He just, like, had someone push him. Maybe he got a horsey and attached it. He got a horsey. It and it dragged... It lounged he him got one. He got one of the horsey men to carry him down the street. Oh, that was nice of them. They are... They said they're all friends. Mm-hmm. And found, as I expected, that there was a, mu- a muse in the lane which runs down by one wall of the garden. I lent the hostlers a hand in rubbing down their horses... And I received... Did they just give their horses massages? That was so nice of them. And I received in exchange two pence, a half, a glass of half and half, two fills of shag tobacco, and as much information as I could desire about Miss Adler, to say nothing of half a dozen other people in the neighborhood. Oh, they're all gossips. <laughs> if I need to know some shit, I'm going to the stable. <laughs> In whom I was not in the least interested, but whose biographies I was compelled to listen to. (laughs) And what of Irene Adler, I asked? Oh, she had turned all the men's heads down in that part. She is the daintiest thing under a bonnet on this planet. So say the serpentine muse to a man. She lives quietly, sings at concerts, drives out at five every day, and returns at seven sharp for dinner. Seldom goes out at other times, except when she sings. Has only one male visitor, but a good deal of him. He is dark, handsome, and dashing. Never calls less than once a day, and often twice. He is a Mr. Godfrey Norton of the Inner Temple. See the advantages of a cabman as a confidant. They have driven him home a dozen times from the Serpentine Muse, and knew all about him. When I had listened to all they had to tell, I began to walk up and down near Bryony Lodge once more, and to think over my plan of, of champion, of campaign, over my plan of campaign. That that that, that makes is, more that sense. That makes much more sense. <laughs> my plan of champion. <laughs> the three-legged dog. The three-legged puppy from Parks and Rec. <laughs> I love champion. Champion should be a part of every plan. Yeah puppy. <laughs> this Godfrey Norton was evidently an important factor in the matter. He was a lawyer. That sounds ominous. <laughs> I mean, lawyers. What was the relation between them? And what and what the object of his repented visits? Was she his client, his friend, or his mistress? If the former, she had probably transferred the photograph to his keeping. If the latter, it was less likely. On the issue of this question, depending whether I should continue my work at Bryony Lodge or turn my attention to the gentleman's chambers in the temple, 
I was at a delicate point, and it widens the field of my inquiry. I fear that I bore you with these details. <laughs> he has been going on and on, but of course he's been drinking. But I have to let you see my little difficulties if you are to understand the situation. I am following you closely, I answered. I was still balancing the matter in my mind when a handsome cab drove up to Bryony Lodge and a gentleman sprung out. He was a remarkably handsome man, dark and... Handsome man, handsome And cab. mustached. Dark and mustached. Yeah. Don't know. It's Dracula. It's the guy from the Dickens. It's Dracula from the Dickens novel. He's going to take your soul. Don't follow uh -oh, him. Oh, here we go. And mustached. That, maybe that's why she is the late Irene Adler. <laughs> and mustached. Evidently the man of whom I had heard. He appeared to be in a great hurry, shouted to the cabman to wait, and brushed past the maid who opened the door with the air of a man who was thoroughly at home. He was in the house about half an hour, and I could catch glimpses of him in the windows of the sitting room, pacing up and down, talking excitedly and waving his arms. Of her I could see nothing. Presently he emerged, looking even more flurried than before. As he stepped up to the cab, he pulled a gold watch from his pocket and looked at it earnestly. Drive like the devil, he shouted. First to Gross and Hankey's at Regent Street and then to the Church of St. Monica in Edgware Road. Half a guinea if you can do it in 20 minutes. That was very nice of him to just give Sherlock all that information. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. very obliging. It's like he just yelled at his cab driver exactly where he's going. Here's where I'm going. This is where I'm going next. Don't this follow me. This is what I want me. to get there. <laughs> Don't follow me. And away they went, and I was just wondering whether I should not do well to follow them, when up the lane came a neat little landau, the coachman with his coat only half-buttoned, and his tie under his ear, while all the tags of his harness were sticking out of his buckles. I hadn't pulled up before she shot out of the hall door and into it. That's the first glimpse of her. I only caught a glimpse of her at the moment, but she was a lovely woman with a face that a man might die for. <laughs> Damn. The church... Oh, that's not foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. The church of St. Monica, John, she cried, and half a sovereign if you reach it in 20 minutes. <laughs> oh. Huh. I wonder if they're going the same place. Maybe. <laughs> like they just said they were. Or maybe he doesn't know she's following him. This this was quite too good to lose, Watson. I was just balancing whether I should run for it or whether I should perch behind her landu when a cab came through the street. The driver looked twice at such a shabby fare, but I jumped in before he could object. <laughs> the Church of St. Monica, I said, and a half a sovereign if you can reach it in 20 minutes. <laughs> it was 25 minutes to 12, and of course it was clear enough that what was in the wind... My cabbie drove fast. I don't think I ever I ever drove faster, but the others were there before us. The cab and Lando were there with stream, streaming horses were in the front of the door when I arrived. I paid the man and hurried into the church. There was not a soul there save the two whom I had followed and a, surpli a surpliced clergyman who seemed to be ex exercising. Exposaluting with them. Exploitsaluting. It's probably a word that I like. Expostulating. Expostulating. So like talking? Yeah. <laughs> Expostulating my butt. 
Um, I don't think you would want him to expostulate your butt. That's probably true. <laughs> Especially once we look it up. Expostulate. Yes. To express strong disapproval or disagreement. Oh, God, yeah. Don't do that to my butt. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Expostulating with them. They were all three standing in a knot in front of the altar. I lodged up to see the side aisle like any other idler who had dropped into a church. Suddenly, to my surprise, the three at the altar faced round to me, and Godfrey Norton came running as hard as he could toward me. Thank God, he cried. You'll do. Come, come. What then, I asked. Come, man, come. Only three minutes or it won't be legal. Oh, they're going to get married. <laughs> I was I was half dragged up to the altar, and before I knew what I, where I was, I found myself mumbling responses which were whispered in my ear and vouching for things of which I knew nothing, and generally assisting in the secure tying up of Irene Adler, spinster to Godfrey Norton, bachelor. <laughs> it was all done in an instant. And <laughs> like, you'll do. Hey, you. Hey, you, a strange cabman that's Wait, staring no, at us. I was just supposed to be spying on you. I didn't. But, well, I guess I got an invite to the wedding. Got an invite to the <laughs> wedding and just got some a lot of information. It was all done in an instant. And there, it's like it was a setup. I feel like this is all set up. I feel like Irene Adler like, is like setting Already on to him and setting something. him up. Yeah, something. This just seems way too easy. I don't know. And there was the gentleman thanking me on the one side and the lady on the other, while the clergyman beamed on me in front. It was the most preposterous position in which I've ever found myself in my life. And it was the thought of it, and it started me laughing just now. I mean, it seems that there had been some informality about their license, that the clergyman absolutely refused to marry them without a witness of some sort, and that my lucky appearance saved the bridegroom from having to sally out into the streets in search of a best man. The bride gave me a sovereign, and I mean to wear it on my watch chain in memory of the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> he just made quite a bit of money just, like, walking around. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, yeah, he I made... want to go spy on people and see if people randomly pay me things. <laughs> like, I'm getting, like, he gave a horse a massage and mm -hmm. got some money and tobacco and milk. And lots of information. And lots of information. And, and then he then shows up at church and he pays some of that money to the cab driver pays, and then he shows up at this church. Pays and half a sovereign more. to the cab driver and then gets a whole sovereign Just accidentally. Just stand there and help someone get married. <laughs> this is a very unexpected turn of affairs, I said. And what then? Well... I found my plans very seriously menaced. It looked as if the pair might take an immediate departure and so necessitate my very prompt and energetic measures on my part. At the church door, however, they separated, he driving back to the temple and she to her own house. I shall drive out in the park at five as usual, she said, as she left him. I heard no more. They drove away in different directions and... I went off to make my own arrangements, which are some cold beef and a glass of beer, he answered. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, damn, all that excitement, I'm hungry. <laughs> I understand that. Yep. Ringing the bell. He answered, ringing the bell. I have been too busy to think of food, and I am likely to be busier still this evening. By the way, doctor, I still want your cooperation. <laughs> I shall be delighted. You don't mind breaking the law, not in the least, nor running a chance of arrest. 
Not in a good cause. Oh, the cause is excellent. Then I am your man. <laughs> I was sure that I might rely on you. But what is it that you wish? When Mrs. Turner had brought in the tray, I will make it clear to you. Now, he said, as, I, as he turned hungrily on the simple fare that our landlady had provided, I must discuss it while I eat, for I have not much time. It is nearly five now. In two hours, we must be on the scene of action. Miss Irene, or Madam, rather, returns from her drive at seven. We must be at Bryony Lodge to meet her. And what then? You must leave that to me. I've already arranged what is to occur. There is only one point on which you must insist. You must not interfere, come what may. You understand? Am I to be neutral? To do nothing whatsoever. There will probably be a small unpleasantness. Do not join in it. It will end in my being conveyed into the house. Four or five minutes afterwards, the sitting room window will open. You are to station yourself close to that open window. Yes, you are to watch me, for I will be visible to you. Yes, and when I raise my hand so, you will throw into the room what I give you to throw, and will, at the same time, raise the cry of fire. You quite follow me? <laughs> Watson's like, the fuck is what's going the, on? What's the plan? What's... Wait, I'm going to start a fire? <laughs> He's going to raise the alram of fire. It's like cr- crying fire in a in a crowded crowded, crowded theater. theater, but in back in the day it was just running down the street crying fire. <laughs> fire! fire. Fire! Entirely. Now Watson understands entirely. <laughs> it is nothing very formidable, he said, taking a long cigar-shaped roll from his pocket. It is an ordinary plumber's smoking rocket fitted with a cap at either end. Oh, and he's oh, going to light a fire. He's going to fire. He's going to light a damn fire. Oh, wow. All right. Well, there nope, we go. It's arson. All right. Arson. Breaking the Or at the least law. it sounds like it's actually a smoke bomb, it's not like a... It's like a smoke bomb a... or like a little firework yeah. kind of thing. To, ma- <laughs> to make it self... Okay, so it's got a fitted cap with I- at either end to make it self-lighting. Your task is confined to that. When you carry your... When you raise your cry of fire, it will be taken up by quite a number of people. You may then walk to the end well, of the yeah, street. Well, yeah, because you just started a fire. Because <laughs> people are be like, well, because mm, back then, like, That's fire was like a big deal. That's when like an entire like city goes down. <laughs> like half of London burned up in the fires. Chicago, mm-hmm. like I mean, sixteen sixty six. Um, cry uh, when you raise your cry of fire, it will be taken up by quite a number of people. You may then walk to the end of the street, and I will rejoin you in ten minutes. I hope that I have made myself clear. I am to remain neutral and get near the window to watch you, and at the sing- signal to throw in this object. Then to raise the cry of fire and to wait you at the corner of the street. Precisely. Good. Then you may entirely rely on me. That is excellent. I think perhaps <laughs> it is almost time that I prepare for the new role I have to play. He disappeared into his bedroom and returned in a few minutes. In this the character- shakes, this, I know. this Sherlock is very, um, He's so like. He's very playful. Yeah, he's like. It's, I guess it's my Sherlock. I guess it's the one I'm reading. Might be your so Sherlock it might be is because playful. I'm playful. But he's playing dress up, which is super fun. Yep. 
I, I get down with that. Costumes and makeup and, and getting drunk. And drunk and, and setting people's and Setting people's living rooms on fire. Showing up in churches and like officiating weddings. It's great. He disappeared in his bedroom and returned a few minutes in the character of an a- amiable and simple-minded mind- non-conformist clergyman. <laughs> He's dressed up like a priest. Good. His broad black hat, his baggy trousers, his white tie, his sympathetic smile, and a general look of peering and benevolent curiosity were such as Mr. John Hare alone could have equaled. Who's John Hare? <laughs> I think we need to look that one up. Who's Mr. John Hare? It's H-A-R-E. I'm assuming some sort of priest. Or... An actor. Oh, he was a British actor at the time. Yes. Sir John Hare. Sir John Hare. Oh, another oh. sir. Oh, okay. Uh, They're just knighting everybody back boy, then. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, it's kind of easy to get knighted. I mean, it's still cool, but like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you're a sir? Yeah, I'm a sir too. Oh, uh, what, uh, like it's hard? <laughs> like it's hard? <laughs> Born John Joseph Fairs. Uh, he was an English actor and theater manager of the late 19th and early 20th century. Hmm. Born in London, frequent visits to the West End. All right. Uh, started in a professional company in Liverpool. Uh, he was knighted in 1907. All right. So yeah. he's still a mister. When so this he's is still he is still mister yeah. when this is written. So they didn't they didn't misrepresent. Him. They did, yes, that was not misrepresentation. <laughs> that was good. just. Um, he, uh, he, he, he hadn't he been hadn't, knighted yet. He hadn't risen to that glory yet. As Mr. John Hare alone could have equaled. So he's a good little actor. Yeah. He's basically, is Kitty here? Yeah. Kitty's here! Yay! We couldn't get through one without her. And here we go. It was not merely that Holmes changed his costume. His expression, his manner, his very soul seemed to vary with every part that he assumed... The stage lost a fine actor, even as science lost an acute reasoner when he became a specialist in crime. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a nice thing to say, because usually like people that. are like, oh, you just became an actor? What's your backup? And this guy's like, he's like the most prestigious and most notorious detective all, to- all time. And they're like, you should have been an actor. You should have been an actor. Or a scientist. <laughs> or a scientist. <laughs> Sure. So he's got options. That's nice. I'm sure his parents were very proud. It was a quarter past six when we left Baker Street, and it still wanted ten minutes to the hour when we found ourselves in Serpentine Avenue. It was already dusk, and the lamps were just being lighted as we paced up and down in front of Bryony Lodge, waiting for the coming of its occupant. The house was just such as I had pictured from Sherlock Holmes' uh, Suck-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-a-k-
As we pace to and fro in front of the house, this marriage rather simplifies matters. The photograph becomes a double-edged weapon now. The chances are that she would be as advised to its being seen by Mr. Godfrey Norton as our client is to it coming to the can, eyes can, of his princess. Can you go out on a limb and guess that that word was as ev- adverse? Averse. What'd I say? Advised. <laughs> Averse. Averse. Averse, yeah. <laughs> Neither one of them want their other significant other to she, see this photograph. Yeah. They, Ooh. Uh, What's it a picture of? I know. It's what are clearly, they doing? It's clearly dirty. Like I didn't I we didn't really talk about that when he was like, it's a picture of both of us. So I just assume it's like them like like having a photograph taken. Because back then if you had a picture, it usually was a big deal. Yeah. But did they have like naughty photos? This is like This is like scandal. This oh is scandal like, in Bo- it's Bohemia. It's, this is Victorian sexting. <laughs> they have uncovered they have uncovered the Anthony Weiner scandal oh. of Victorian England. Oh snap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so intrigued as to what they're doing at this photo. I hope we find out. <laughs> oh yay. Um, ooh. Not <laughs> Now the question is, where are we to find the photograph? That's not the question. I mean it is, but also what is on this photograph? It's, it's a three-part question. What is on the photograph? Where do we find the photograph? And how much can I sell it for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where indeed? It is most likely that she carries it about with her. It is cabinets. It is a cabinet size, too large for easel, easy concealment about a woman's dress. She knows that the king is capable of having her waylaid and searched. Two attempts of that sort have already been made. We may take it, then, that she does not carry it about with her. Where, then? Her banker or her lawyer? There is that double possibility, but I am inclined to think neither. Women are naturally secretive, and they like to do their own secreting. (laughs) (laughs) Women are secretive, and they like to do their own secreting. I like that. I like that. I enjoy that. I can get behind that. That was like that teetered on the edge of being super sexist. Yeah. But no, not quite. Not it didn't it didn't quite no. didn't quite tip Sherlock into full never, on horribleness. Yes, yeah, Sherlock never goes to super sexist. He's just always like men are from Mars, men are from Mars, and women are from Venus kind of thing. He's like they're just a different sex. <laughs> he doesn't like. And Sherlock them. himself is from Pluto. Well, sure, we don't know where he's from. He's from somewhere. Uh, do 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 secreting. Why should she hand it over to anyone else? She could trust her own guardianship, but she could not tell what indirect or political influence might be brought up to bear upon a businessman. Besides, remember that she had resolved to use it within a few days. It must be where she can lay her hands upon it. It must be in her house. But it has twice been burglarized. (laughs) Psha, <laughs> Psha. It is actually P S H A R A R W. W. Yeah. Yeah. With an exclamation point. Psha. Psha. Which is Victorian for bitch, please. <laughs> yeah. Like, but they did not know how to look. But how will you look? I will not look. What then? I will get her to show me. 
but she will refuse. She will not be able to. But I hear the rumble of wheels. It is her carriage. Now carry out my orders to the letter. As he spoke, the gleam of the side lights of a carriage came round the curve of the avenue. It was a smart little landau with a rattled up, which rattled up to the door at Bryony Lodge. As it pulled up to one of the loafing men at the corner, dashing forward to open the door in the hope of earning a copper, but was elbowed away by another loafer who had rushed in with the same intention. Oh, there's just men lining the street, wanting to open doors for people, hoping to get some money out of it. And they just start fighting. Just like punching each other. And then she just opens her own damn door yep. and they're like, oh man. God damn it. No oh, man. They should really unionize. They probably will down the road. Uh, a fierce quarrel. A fierce quarrel broke out in which. <laughs> good, good, uh, good, uh, uh, um, psych, 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 No, like, uh, seeing into the future. Prediction? Well, <laughs> yes, but psychic. Psychic ability. Um, you saw it coming. I did, yeah. It was, uh, it was a prophecy. Maybe you're Sherlock Holmes. Or maybe I'm psychic. Or maybe you've read this story before? Not in a long time, and you wouldn't I, know I that. I really don't think I have. I don't think this is a major point plot point. <laughs> I'm going to guess. Uh, uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to guess this is a major plot point. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that these two um, homeless guys randomly fighting is part of Sherlock's plan. Let's find out! Um, Do-do-do-do-do-do! Uh, also, it wasn't much of a prediction. They literally said the one guy tried to open the door, and then the other guy elbowed him out of the way. Yeah, like no, they're gonna fight. They're they're gonna get into a little quarrel, um, in which was uh, a fierce quarrel broke out, which was increased by the two guardsmen who took sides with one of the loungers, and by the scissors grinder who was equally hot upon the other side. Jeez, did he come at them with scissors? I hope so. A blow was struck. And in an instant, the lady who had stepped from her carriage was the center of a little knot of struggling men who struck savagely at each other with their fists and sticks. <laughs> Holmes dashed into the crowd to protect the lady. He totally set this shit up. That's why it was such a busy road that, like, Watson uh, commented on. He's yep. like, it's not weird. Why There's a lot of people so around many here. people here? Oh, you're paying them to be yeah. here, aren't you? Um, Holmes dashed into the crowd to protect the lady, but... Just as he reached her, he gave a cry and dropped to the ground with the blood running freely down his face. At his fall, the guardsmen took to their heels in one direction and the loungers in the other, while a number of better-dressed people who had watched the scuffle without taking part in it crowded in to help the lady and to attend the injured man. <laughs> Irene Adler, as I will still call her, had hurried up the steps, but she stood at the top with her superb figure outlined against the lights of the hall, looking back into the street. Is the poor gentleman much hurt? she asked. He is dead, cried several voices. No, 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 there's life in him, shouted another. But he'll be gone before you can get him to the hospital. Oh, he's a brave fellow, said the woman. Why would... They would have had the lady's purse and watch her if he hadn't, if it hadn't been for him. Wait, that's another woman. Said a woman, not the woman. <laughs> <laughs> He's a brave fellow, said a woman. They would have had it, that lady's purse and watch if he hadn't been for him. 
They had, there we were a gang and a rough one too. Oh, he's breathing now. I've heard you, Liza Doolittle. <laughs> yes, she's on the street. <laughs> she's on her way to Covent Garden right now. He can't lie in the street. May we bring him in, Marm? Uh, surely, uh, bring him into the sitting room. There's a comfortable sofa. Uh, this way, please. Slowly and solemnly, he was born into the Bryony Lodge and laid in the principal room where I still observed the proceedings from my post by the window. The lamps were being lighted, but the blinds had not been drawn so that I could see Holmes as he lay upon the couch. I do not know whether he was seized with compunction at the moment for the part he was playing, but I know I never felt more heartily ashamed of myself in my life that when I saw the beautiful creature against whom I was conspiring, or the grace and kindliness at which she waited upon the injured man. And yet it would be the blackest treachery to Holmes to draw back now from the part which he had instructed me. Oh, so he's having second thoughts. He's like, this lady's nice. He's, he's in a he's in a bros versus hoes moment. He is. Yeah. Because he's like, He's like, well, I know I just got married, but that lady's hot and nice, and I know my friend's, like, doing his thing, and I try, ah, what to do, what to do? She's really pretty, and she did take care of him. What to do, what to do? I don't know, what do I I want to do? Watson, just do what you're told. Just do what you're told. I hardened my heart, and I took the smoke smoke rocket from under my ulster. (laughs) After all, I thought. Smoke rocket. (laughs) (laughs) He took his smoke rocket from under his ulster. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe that's what's in the picture. <laughs> the, the, the king of Bohemia's is taking his smoke, smoke rocket, rocket out, out from under his and holster. And she's next to him. That's a dirty that's a dirty picture right there. <laughs> After all, I thought, we are not injuring her. Do you think her. we can turn smoke rocket into a euphemism? I mean, it kind of is. Like, but I mean into a widely used euphemism. Hashtag, Hashtag stroke my smoke, smoke rocket. Ro- <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag... Stroke my smoke rocket. Would it be stroke or would it be stoke? Like you stoke Stoke my smoke rocket. Or light my smoke smoke rocket. No, I like stoke. Stoke my smoke rocket. Stoke my smoke rocket. Hashtag stoke my smoke rocket. Get it Um, going. (laughs) Do it. Use it. That's good stuff. After all, I thought, we are not injuring her, but we are preventing her from injuring... But are we preventing her from injuring another? Holmes and I, Holmes, not I, Holmes had sat upon the couch, and I saw him motion like a man who is in need of air. A maid rushed upon and threw open the window. At the same instant, I saw him raise his hand, and at a signal, I tossed my rocket into the room with a cry of fire! The word was no sooner out of my mouth when the whole crowd of spectators, well-dressed and ill, gentlemen, hostlers, and servant maids, joined in a shriek, fire, fire! Thick clouds of smoke curled from the room, and out of the open window I caught a glimpse of rushing figures, and a moment later the voice of Holmes was within, assuring them that it was a false alarm, slipping through the shouting crowd. I made my way to the corner of the street, and in ten minutes was rejoiced to find my friend's arm in mine, and to get away from the scene of the uproar. He walked swiftly and in silence for a few minutes, until we had turned down one quiet street which led towards the Edgware Road. "'You did very nicely, doctor,' he remarked. "'Nothing could have been better. It is all right. You have the photograph. I know where it is.' And how did you find out? 
She showed me as I told you she would. I am still in the dark. He's like, <laughs> he's like, yes, I'm asking. You're not telling me anything. Why? Oh, uh, Sherlock Holmes would be the most infuriating person to follow on Facebook <laughs> because his feed would be nothing but vague booking. Yeah, he, he is a vague booker for he, sure. That's like everything. And all well, he's vague booking. He knows everything about every one of his Facebook friends without even doing anything. I do not wish to make a mystery, he said, laughing. The matter was perfectly simple. You, of course, saw that everyone in the street was an accomplice. They were all engaging for and they were all engaged for the evening. I guessed as much. Then when the row broke out, I had a little moist red paint in the palm of my hand. I rushed forward, fell down, clapped my hand to my face, and became a piteous spectacle. It is an old trick. Well, that I could fathom. <laughs> Watson's like, yeah, I, yeah, again, I know all this. Dude, get to the part that's confusing. He keeps to, and then they yeah, carry me in. I was there in. for that. Yeah. I was there for that. And, I was there for that. And he continues on, to be man. there for that. Then they carried me in. She was bound to have me in. What else could she do? And into a sitting room, which was the very room which I suspected. It lay between her, that and her bedroom, and I was determined to see which. They laid me on the couch. I motioned for air. They were compelled to open the window, and you had your chance. How did that help you? It was all important. When a woman thinks that her house is on fire, her instinct is to at once rush to the thing in which she values most. There it is! It, <laughs> it, is, perfectly overpower it is a perfectly overpowering impulse, and I have more than once taken advantage of it. You're lucky she didn't have, like, a pet dog or something. Yeah, she would rush to the dog, and you'd be screwed. Yeah, she, uh, or I guess she'd grab the dog and then go to the photograph. Maybe. Maybe, but that's two stops. He might not have had time. That's true. Like, if she had to stop for little Fifi, his whole plan would be screwed. He knew there was no little Fifi because she doesn't ever, because she doesn't go for walks and stuff. And she'd have to walk the dog. She's pretty loaded. I'll bet she's got a dog walker if she needs. <laughs> she called Rover. She calls Rover. All right. She calls Victorian Rover. In the case of the darling substitutional scandal, it was a use of me. And also in the Onsworth Castle business... A married woman grabs at her baby. An unmarried woman reaches for her jewel box. <laughs> okay, again, he's not being quite sexist, but, you know, if you have a child, you're probably going to pick up the child you first. Child. And an unmarried one, her favorite thing are, is jewelry. <laughs> or her dog. Now it was clear to me that our lady of today had nothing in the house more precious to her than what we are in quest of. She would rush to secure it. And the alarm of fire was admirably done. The smoke and shouting were enough to shake nerves of steel. She responded beautifully. The photograph is in a recess behind a sliding panel just above the right bell pole. She was there in an instant, and I caught a glimpse of it as she drew it out. When I cried out that it was a false alarm, she replaced it, glanced at the rocket, rushed from the room as I have not seen and I have not seen her since. I rose, and making my excuses, escaped from the house. I hesitated whether to attempt to secure the photograph at once, but the coachman had come in, and as we he was watching me narrowly, I seemed safer to wait. A little over precipinced may ruin it all. Pre 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 little over precipitance. Pers ooh. A little over precipitance may ruin all. A little like 
like premature excitement, uh, a little too quick. A little premature ejaculation <laughs> can ruin it all. I mean, yeah. Maybe that's what's in the photograph. <laughs> the quality of happening with headlong haste or without warning. Oh, so with acting without thinking. Yes. Basically acting without thinking. A little over... Yeah, here we go. All over right. participants... Pre- precipitance. Pre- precipitance. Over participants. Over precipitants may ruin all. Too much rain. <laughs> Can ruin all. That's Can true. Can ruin all. All right, we learned a new word. Yippee yay! Yippee And now, <laughs> and now I asked. Our quest is practically finished. I shall call with the king tomorrow and with you, if you care to come with us. We will be shown into the sitting room to wait for the lady. But it is probable that when she comes, she may find neither of us nor the photograph. We may find not... (laughs) What? We will Take that again from the top. We will be shown into the sitting room to wait for the lady. But it is probable that when she comes in, she may find neither of us nor the photograph. It might be a satisfaction to his majesty to regain it with his own hands. And when will you call? At eight in the morning. She will not be up, so we shall have a clear field. Besides, she must be prompt, for this marriage may mean a complete change in her life and habits. I must wire to the king without delay. We had reached Baker Street and had stopped at the door. He was searching his pockets for the key when someone passing said, Good night, Mr. Sherlock Holmes. There were several people on the pavement at the time, but the greeting appeared to come from a slim youth in an Ulster who who had hurried by. I've never heard that voice before, said Holmes, staring down at the dimly lighted street. (laughs) Lighted street? Now I wonder who the deuce that could have been. Irene Adler. Chapter three. The final chapter. Dressed up as a little boy. Yep. Chapter three. I slept at Baker Street that night and we were engaged upon our toast and coffee in the morning when the King of Bohemia rushed into the room. Here he comes again. Someday I want to do something so cool that the king of anywhere shows up at breakfast. And, like, rushes in. Like, is so excited for what you're about to to produce for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even get, like, it could it could be, like, the Mattress King of Cleveland. I don't care. Mattress King of Cleveland? <laughs> I just want, like, like, like I want those the local king... commercial Mattress King? Yeah. Like, I just want the king of somewhere to rush into my breakfast wanting something So anyone me. listening, if you know a king of anything, whether it's the king of, like, uh, mattresses or the king of Bohemia, uh, you know, put them in touch. Or the king of pop. The king of pop. Justin Timberlake? Is he the king of pop? I think. Well, he was for a while. The prince of pop was, uh, uh, Michael prince? Jackson. Well, yeah, but he's no longer alive. Well, neither is prince. No. Um, who is it now? It's gotta the be Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. I think it's Timberlake? still Justin Timberlake, isn't it? Probably. Let us know who the... Who's the king of pop? The king Usher? Of pop? Well, he was for a while, too, but he kind of... I don't know. I have no idea what's going on in music. I... Mm, I um, just know I like the new Chicks song, the March song. That was, that was really good. That was really good. Check that it out. That was really good. The former... The, the Chicks, formerly known as Dixie. <laughs> Check out the March. Anyway, chapter three. Chapter three. 
The king of Bohemia rushed into the room. You have, you, oh God, here comes German. You have really got it, he cried, grasping Sherlock Holmes by either shoulder and looking eagerly into his face. Not yet, but you have hopes. I have hopes. Then come, I am all impatient to be, for, uh, I am all impatient to be gone. We must have a cab. No, uh, n no, my Brogham is waiting. Brogham? Brogham. Brogham. Carriage. The, the carriage Brogham. is waiting. Then that will simplify matters. We descended and started off once more for Bryony Lodge. Irene Adler is married, remarked Holmes. Married? When? Yesterday. But to whom? To an English lawyer named Norton. But she could not love him. I am in hopes that she does. And why in hopes? Because it would spare your majesty all fear of future annoyance. If the lady loves her husband, she does not love your majesty. If she does not love your majesty, there is no reason why she would interfere with your majesty's plan. Is it it's true? Yes. And yet, when I wish she... I just, I love my German, it's just a bunch of bees. Zikazakazuka. Well, I wish, I wish. Well, will we Well, will they be touches? Well, I wish she had been. Oh, that went a little Swedish chef. Bork, bork, bork. Bork, bork, Hurdy gird, hurdy furdish, hurd gird. Please promise me. Where to go for to Promise me the next story you pick for me, and there is no German people. <laughs> I promise nothing. Okay. Or I'm gonna find one where you have to do a South African. <laughs> what I really want is I want to see some fan art from this story that is the King of Bohemia as the Swedish chef. Okay. I want to see the King of Bohemia as like anybody. As Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Or as, um... The Rock. The Rock. Or Billy Porter. Or Billy Porter. Or, or uh, oh, what's his face? Uh, the other wrestler guy who's really cool. John Cena. John Cena! I'd, I'd, I'd pay to see that, too. All right, anyway. Uh, back to my horrific German dialect. I wish she has been on her own, on her own station. What a queen she would have made. He relapsed into a moody silence, which was not broken until we drew... Thank God. He shut <laughs> Until we drew up into Serpentine Avenue. Right. And then we get to where he breaks his silence. Not yet. The door of Bryony Lodge was open, and an elderly woman stood upon the steps. She watched us with a sardonic eye as we stepped from the brougham. Mr. Sherlock Holmes, I believe, she said. I am Mr. Holmes, answered my companion looking at her with a questioning and rather startling gaze. Indeed, my mistress told me that you were likely to call. She left this morning with her husband by the 5.15 train from Charing Cross <laughs> for the continent. What? Sherlock Holmes staggered back, white with chagrin and surprise. Do you mean that she has left England? Never to return. And the paper, and the papers, asked the king hoarsely. All is lost! <laughs> we shall see. He pushed past the servant, rushed into the drawing room, followed by the king and myself. The furniture was scattered about in every direction, with dismantled shelves and open drawers, as if the lady had hurriedly ransacked them before her flight. Holmes rushed in at, and at the bell pull, tore back the small sliding shutter, and plunging in his hand, pulled out a photograph and a letter. 
The photograph was Irene Adler herself in evening dress. The letter was superscribed to Sherlock Holmes Esquire to be left till called for. My friend tore it open and we all three read it together. It was dated at midnight of the preceding night and ran in this way. My dear Mr. Sherlock Holmes, you really did very well. You took me in completely. Until after the alarm of the fire, I had not a suspicion. But then, when I found out how I had betrayed myself, I began to think. I had been warned against you months ago. I had been told that if the king employed an agent, it would certainly be you. And your address had been given to me. Yet, with all this, you made me reveal what you wanted to know. Even after I became suspicious, I found it hard to think evil of such a dear, kind old clergyman. But, <laughs> you know, I have been trained as an actress myself. Male costume is nothing new to me. I often take advantage of the freedom which it gives. I sent John, the coachman, to watch you, ran upstairs, got into my walking clothes, as I call them, and came down as you departed. Well, I followed you to the door. Oh, she was the one watching him the whole time. She's, and she's like... <laughs> He's like, I couldn't take the photograph because this guy, dude, was watching me. <laughs> it was her, it was her. Well, I followed you to the door and so made sure that I was really an object of interest to be celebrated, Mr. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. Then I rather imprudently wished you a good night and started for the temple to see my husband. We both thought the best resource was flight when you pursued by so formidable an antagonist. So you will find the, em the nest empty when you call tomorrow. As to the photograph, your client may rest in peace. I love and am loved by a better man than he. The king may do as he will without hindrance from one whom he has cruelly wronged. I keep it only to safeguard myself and to preserve a weapon which will always secure me from any steps which he might take in the future. I leave a photograph which he might care to possess, and I remain, dear Mr. Sherlock Holmes, very truly yours, Irene Norton Adler. What a woman! Oh, what a woman! <laughs> cried the King of Bohemia, which he had all three read with epsil, uh, epistle? The epistle? The, this epistle. The letter. The, uh, yeah. Did I not did I not tell you how remarkable and resolute she was? Would she not have made an admirable queen? It is not it is not a pity that she has not uh, that she is not on my level. <laughs> she's the most wonderful woman and brilliant woman of all time, but she's not on his level. But she wasn't born rich enough. Yeah, whatever. From Go what marry I, your cousin, dude. Yeah. Go marry your cousin from somewhere else. From what I have seen of the lady, she seems indeed to be on the very different level of your majesty. <laughs> yes. He's like, yeah, she's not on your level. She is so much superior to you. I can't even say it or you oh. will have my head cut off. Oh, that is what Holmes they call Victorian shade. Yeah, that was Victorian shade. I'm going to read it again because it was so good. From what I have seen of the lady, she seems indeed to be on a very different level to your majesty, said Holmes coldly. Yes! 
I am sorry that I have not been able to bring your majesty's business to a more successful conclusion. On the contrary, my dear sir, cried the king, nothing could be more successful. I know that her word is inviolate. Inviolate? In inviolate. She, inviolate. Won't, she won't yeah, violate. She won't, yeah. she won't violate. It just sounds really weird in a well, in whatever accent I'm doing. The, pho the photograph is as safe now as if it were in the fire. I'm glad to hear your majesty say so. I am immensely indebted to you. Pray, tell me, what can I do to reward you? This ring. He slipped an emerald snake ring from his finger and held it out at the palm of his hand. Your majesty has something which I should value even more highly, said Holmes. But you have to name it. This photograph. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you sappy, sappy I motherfucker. Knew the king, the king stared at him in amazement. Irene's photograph, he cried. Certainly, if you wish it. I thank your majesty. Then there is no more to be done in the matter. I have the honor to wish you a very good morning. He bowed and turned away without observing the hand which the king had stretched out to him. <laughs> he's just like, first of all, he's not going to shake that motherfucker's hand. He is also like so enamored with this woman so that he, this woman just outdid him. And now, now he's like, oh, I have the picture. <laughs> he's, he's throwing mad shade. He's snaking this lady's picture and he leaves the dude hanging. Well, he does. What's crazy is I don't even know if he leaves the dude hanging or if he doesn't even notice it, which is so unheard of. Like. <laughs> Sherlock notices everything, but he's so enamored with this this woman that he doesn't even notice. Like, he slipped an em... Uh, here, let me write it again. It's amazing. He bowed and turned away without observing the hand which the king had stretched out to him. And he we started the story by talking about observing versus seeing. Oh, yeah. And he didn't observe oh, the hand. Yeah. There's so, some good word choice. Oh my That's god. That's some smarty smart. That's some smarty smart. That is <laughs> that is some Shakespeare shit right there, Mr. Doyle, Sir Doyle. All right. Observing the hand he had without observing the hand which the king had stretched out to him, he set off in my company for his chambers. And that was how a great scandal threatened to affect the king of the kingdom of Bohemia and how the best plans of Mr. Sherlock Holmes were beaten by a woman's wit. He used to make merry over the cleverness of women, but I have not heard him do so of late. <laughs> and when he speaks of Irene Adler, or when he refers to her photograph, it is always under the honorable title of The Woman. The end. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my god, she, she like, she got under she his him. skin. She got him. Not only she beat him, she, she like, threw off his like, everything for a little bit like, yeah like, oh my god that that's that woman i want to be that woman <laughs> like there's so many plays about sherlock holmes mm -hmm. and there's a couple that are with ha that have irene adler in it and every time i see one i'm like put me in put me on i want to play your i want to be her i want to play irene because she's just like she's just this this freaking like anomaly like She's yeah. a phenomenon of herself. Yeah, she's she's one of the um I mean she's one of the the juggernauts in the Sherlock Holmes um mythos. Yeah, the, and the, like, like all in like all literature. Like she's just like this like force. Like but I never read the origin story, and that was the origin story. <laughs> she's a badass. She's like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no, I'm just gonna slip away. <laughs> 
No, oh, I got God. my husband. I don't need you anymore. Yeah, but I wonder, like, because they meet again. I think they meet again, don't they? Uh, Are well, there other stories with her in she, it? She, I mean, uh, certainly, um, yes. Okay. And, and at one point, he, uh, 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 Watson referred to her as the late Irene Adler. Yes, so at some point she dies, yes. Well. Uh, or disappears. I mean, at some point, Sherlock Holmes dies. Well, of course. Dies. Of course. But... For those of you listening, I just did the bunny ear quotey fingers. <laughs> that makes it very official. Yeah. But, like, yeah, so maybe, and, like, because she's so sneaky, she could just, like. Oh, shit, spoilers, spoilers. Why, why? Sherlock Holmes Dies in quotey fingers. Spoilers. I mean, I... anyone. Okay, <laughs> anyone who's watched the series Sherlock, and if you haven't at this point, it's kind of like if you haven't seen Sixth Sense. Like, if you haven't seen the Sherlock series, it's all on Netflix right now, isn't yeah. it? It's so freaking good. Yeah, you should probably go watch if it. If you haven't seen it, it is amazing. Like, it's only three seasons. Three, four seasons. Four seasons. I each, don't and each season has like only a couple three episodes. episodes. But they're all like a movie. I mean, each one is a movie. But they're so good, and you're in quarantine right now, and if this this reading of this book, this short story, <laughs> as I swing, I'm literally like so excited by this story that I'm ho- waving my laptop in the air right now. But go watch that, um, and tell us what you think, and uh, yeah, I think that's it. I, I love that. I loved that. That was awesome. really great. So should we, should we wrap this up? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this, uh, please tell somebody, anybody, don't really care who, just tell someone you had fun and share it with them. And if you hated it, then you can tell someone you hate and be like, it was so good, but we prefer the other side. (laughs) Yeah. Either way, uh, if you made it this far, um, presumably you enjoyed it enough that you're willing to recommend listening to this to someone else so please do that yeah um probably don't have them start with this episode no um, start it start at the beginning start at the beginning um uh if what you else? have any uh, authors like uh public domain authors or short stories you would like to be heard like like to like have us read out loud <laughs> please put them on the facebook page or email us and uh we will uh, gladly take anything you can give us. And if consider you're... becoming a patron. Um, go to patreon.com slash 5050artsproduction and check out the perks. We got our swag. We got swag. We got stickers today. We start, we've started building a merchandise store, so that's very exciting. Merch, merch. Um, also, uh, swing by uh, 5050artsproduction.com and you can keep up to date on what's going on here with Campfire Classics and everything else we're doing. Uh, you can watch our uh, socially distanced cabarets. Um, if you are listening to this after quarantine is over, then hopefully you can come see a show that we're producing or a cabaret in the meat space that we're doing. Yay! Let's all just wear masks and get better. But thank you either guys way. so much. This was fun. And uh, either way, we love you for listening. And uh, I yeah. hope we see you back here soon. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>